chains, the place beyond the broken chains, the place beyond the broken chains.
Well, I want to share a number of things, but I, whatever it is you need to hear, I pray you hear it. We uh, just came back from a trip to Florida, and you guys know, I've told you many times about my testimony with Jack Taylor and how he impacted our life, and, or my life, before I met Shirley. And uh, he's my spiritual father. He's 85 years old, and so we spent some time, it was just a, just a small group, so we got to actually spend more time with Jack. But on the way down and on the way back, you know, two summers ago, I read, we were on the beach, and I read Shirley a story about revival. I told you, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, she read me from this book by Rodney Howard Brown. It helped you stay awake. If you know, the, the title of it is The Killing of Uncle Sam. And uh, it exposes things going on on a much deeper level. Let me just tell you, there's a lot of stuff going on that we can't see with a natural eye. You're going to have to have spiritual eyes to see. This thing's been going on in history. And you read that book, it's about this thick. So you're going to have to have some time where you can really read it and digest it. I wouldn't encourage you to read it unless you have the, you know, that real anointing to be able to handle those kind of things. But, and I'm not going to try to go into detail. I'm telling, I'm just believing God's going to fix it. He's going to, there's going to be justice for the injustice, crimes that were committed against. And in, I'm telling you, you read that book, you'll see what I'm talking about. But, you know, it reminded me as she's reading and I'm driving. I remember someone saying that every day you are either becoming more and more a part of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or you're becoming a part of the spirit or the system of the Antichrist. And I was just, you read that book, you'll see it helped you make sense of that. You're going to have to choose one or the other. The Lord, you know, he said either you're for me, you're against me. Now there's a good sign you're probably for him or you wouldn't be here this morning. You would find another, an excuse or an idea, you'd be somewhere else. But I want to talk about some things this morning. I need a little help. I need a lot of help. I mean, you need a lot of help. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. You need a lot of help. I've, I know just enough to know I don't know what I ought to know. And if he doesn't show me what I need to know, I'm not going to know it. If he doesn't open my eyes, I'm not going to see it. I mean, if you, talk, you know what I'm talking about. If God doesn't give us ears to hear, we're not going to know what the Spirit is saying. But that's my prayer for this morning. And Lord, we do pray that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And God, even if I, I don't say anything that individuals need most to hear, I pray that the Spirit of God would say it. Lord, you have a way of speaking things we hadn't even heard of. And I pray that everyone in this place would encounter you in some way. Lord, I thank you for what's already happened. I believe there's going to be lasting fruit from our prayer. Every time we gather, Lord, I thank you. This is, this is like we're in overtime. We're not in normal time anymore. This is the real thing from here on out. And we thank you for Rodney Howard Brown and books like he wrote 
that there are people out there that have guts to go after the truth. They're not afraid of opinions of men or being politically correct. Lord, we thank you. But God, we got to have a love and we got to have a lot of grace in this hour. And we thank you that you'll give us that, that you are preparing us for the time in which we're living. So give us help. Give us understanding this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there are a number of people. I want to just touch a little bit about what happened this week and what's happening now in our nation. And there are people wondering what, you know, why didn't, why didn't we see a slam dunk on Tuesday? You know, I've heard some people prophesying there was going to be a slam dunk. There's going to be a red wave sweep America. It didn't happen. It happened in some ways, but, you know, it didn't happen the way some were envisioning and some were prophesying. How many of you know not all the prophecies necessarily might come from God? You know that. So you've got to test those prophecies. They've not taught us you've got to judge prophecy. You've got to test the spirits to see which ones are of God. One way, you just hang around and see if it comes to pass. But your spirit should know. There should be that inner witness. But I want to remind us. God is not a red God. He's not a white God. He's not a blue God. He's just God. Now, having said that, we do need a red wave to sweep over America, but it's not a political wave. It's a wave of the blood of Jesus Christ, the red blood sweeping our nation from sea to sea, from coast to coast. I had a dream two nights ago. And I know you've got to be careful because Jeremiah talks about the prophets that say, I had a dream. You remember that. And you know that dream wasn't of God. So you know every dream has to line up with Scripture and it has to support. This one lines up. And in this dream, I was all of a sudden, someone was sharing how the gospel about the blood of Jesus and the gospel from over here on the right side of me. And I gathered two people and we got in a little circle. And I was listening to what they were saying, but I was kind of enforcing that message. And I was speaking to these guys. I was saying, you know, this is the time. America's time. The time is short. We've got to preach the gospel. We have to talk about the blood. And I thought I would demonstrate the blood. I had evidently, some dreams are strange, but in this one I had a cut on my hand and I was opening up the cut so it would bleed a little bit. I was trying to, uh, you know, give some, you know, let them say, hey, this is real. It's about the blood. I hope I wasn't prophesying on how my own blood would be shed. I don't know about all that stuff. I guess... We'll have to taste it. But, but there was somebody, someone's blood was already shed. But, you know, after that, as I was, I was being really passionate. I felt like it was a word, you know, America's time. This is America. And then when we broke up, one of the young men in the group, it's like he didn't hear much of what I said. And he represented the millennials. And it's like there was a fog. There was like some kind of a... Uh, I don't know, something around his mind where he really couldn't hear. Because I felt the anointing, what I was saying. And it just reminded me how we need the conviction of the Holy Spirit in this hour like we've never needed that before. You know, how in the world are we going to reach people that are so hardened to the gospel in this hour? Well, one way is, is that the Holy Spirit who convicts the world of sin show up and do what he's been called to do. And so that's what we're opening up the gates for. We need you, Holy Spirit. I, I heard someone, you know, we hear all kinds of opinions. I just know we need the anointing. We need the Holy Spirit to be poured out. We need the conviction. You know, in the New Testament, when they preached, the Bible says they were cut to the heart. Remember that. 
And we need people to walk into our churches and when they hear the word, they're cut to the heart and they fall to the ground and they crawl to the altar. I'm telling you, we need that again in America. You know, and I believe God wants to touch the millennials. How many of you know that? It's not impossible. This is not, that is a harvest field that's waiting to be reaped. So can you just agree with me? I, I want to pray that God would just do that because I'm telling you, it ain't happening by our good little messages. They're not flocking to hear our, our opinions. So, but Lord, we pray for the millennials in America. God, we're not going to give up on them. We thank you. You're not going to give up on them. Lord, we thank you that God so loved the millennials that you gave your only begotten son. And God, we pray that for the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we pray, Lord, that our millennial generation all over, Lord, would be cut to the heart, that, Lord, the gospel would be preached again all across America. Lord, we don't know, maybe in the most simplistic way, but let the conviction, the cutting of the heart come again to the land. Because, God, that's the only way they will come to you unless you, you draw them. And you convict them, and we believe you're going to do it. We believe you're going to do it. And everyone said, Amen. But we do need to ask that question. Because I did think of some things. How come we didn't see a red wave? How come we didn't, you know, how, how come God just doesn't show up and drive all the money changers out of the temple, drive all the wicked politicians out of the palaces, all the corruption, come and fix it all. Somebody tries to steal the vote, God shows up and just throws them out. How come he doesn't do that? Well, for two reasons. No, three reasons. No, probably more than that. <laughs> Way more than that. So I'm not, I don't know at all. One is because God so loved the world. He so loves the world. He's not coming just to throw people out and do away. Now, there will come a day. I mean, if you know, there's going to be a day of reckoning. I'm going to show you that in a moment. He's going to deal with the wicked. We need to understand that, what the Scripture says. But here's what else came to my mind. Look over in Judges chapter 2. I think this will encourage you. Then I want to, I want to touch on this, and then we're going to go to something else and then pray and, and uh, let God be God and every man a liar. We don't want to just go to church. We want to have encounters with God. If some of you need to have a dream this morning, I pray you go to sleep. I'm not, we're not going to mess it up. You know, some people, that's the only way they can hear. That's what I felt before. God, you give me dreams because, you know, in fact, Job talks about that. Man has a hard time of perceiving. And so in a vision of the night, he speaks one way or the other. And uh, their, their purpose in dreams... Warning dreams, directional dreams, you know, revelational dreams that give you more revelation. Con they're confirmational dreams. You're asking God, you know, what to do, and God will give you a dream that will confirm. It may not be the exact, you know, detail, but they're, they're parables. You know, the Lord still speaks in parables. And even in dreams, you have to ask the Holy Spirit to give you the interpretation. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? I believe there's going to be an increase of dreams and visions. There's supposed to be. That's one of the things that will happen. He said, when I pour out my spirit on all flesh, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, your men servants and maid servants. But anyway, look over in uh, Judges. And I, I believe there is a, a little revelation, I think, that will help us. Why is God 
allowing all this stuff to go on. Look in verse or chapter 2, Judges 2, verse 20. Then the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he said, Because this nation has transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and has not heeded my voice. Now let's just, right off the bat, is, do you think there are any ways yet remaining where America has not heeded the voice of God and is still walking in rebellion? You can name and you could keep naming. One of them is abortion. You know, speaking about the blood flowing across, the blood now, the red, the blood is crying out from the land all across the land for, for justice and mercy and vengeance of how many? 70 million or plus, I don't know how many. And you know, there are those that are resisting that with all their heart because it's become a sacrament. I believe it is literally a sacrament to the devil. Sin. God forgives. He forgives. There's brand new beginnings when there's repentance. But it's still sin. We can't wash over that. And then, But then in verse 21, God says, or, or judges, the word is the Lord, the word of the Lord. I will also no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died, so that through them I may test Israel, whether they will keep the ways of the Lord to walk in them as their fathers kept them. Therefore, the Lord left those nations without driving them out immediately, or did he deliver them into the hand of Joshua? And he goes on and talks about in chapter 3, Now these are the nations which the Lord left, that he might test Israel. And then in verse, uh, verse 4, And they were left, that he might test Israel by them to know whether they would obey. But then also back in verse 2, this one only, so that the generation of the children of Israel might be taught to know war. Say war. So why isn't he not... Why are there giants remaining in the land called America this morning? Number one, to test us. To see if we're going to obey God or whether we're just going to mouth service this thing. You know what I'm talking about. Are we going to obey God regardless of the cost? Are you going to stand up for Him and declare? You know, those who are ashamed of Him before men, God says, I'm going to be ashamed of you when you stand before my Father in heaven. And so we're going to have to confess Him before men. I mean, if you know that. This is the, t- the, rub- this is the time on the earth where the rubber meets the road. God is doing things... I believe we are. I believe what I saw in that dream. It is a critical hour. We don't know how much time we have. We have as much time as God says we have. But America must turn to God now. This is harvest time now. We cannot say the harvest is still four months, four years, 40 years. And I know people say that. And maybe there's truth in all of that. But today is the day. Today is the time America must turn back to Him. And so it's a test. And then also that we would learn about war. Remember we talked about how Milton Green, one of my mentors, he used to say, much of the church, you know, is, gone, or is in a war they hadn't shown up for. And it cannot be that way anymore. You've got to show up. I'm telling you, if you show up in this hour without having put your armor on, without having drawn near to God, resist the devil, you're going to see that it ain't going to happen the way that you envisioned that would happen. I mean, if you know that, we are to fight the good fight. Wage the good, the warfare. We wet now our weapons. Thank God they're not carnal. How many of you are thanking God for that? They're not carnal, 
but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Spiritual weapons, faith, the blood, the blood of Jesus is a pretty powerful weapon. The enemy does not like the blood. I mean, if you know that. That's why when this summer we were visiting, you know, I'm sorry, Shirley, I'm not talking about your church, but this church, it was the denominational church. And that Sunday morning, they were preaching on the blood of Jesus. And it was for the first time in a long, long, long... I, we couldn't get over it. You mean you don't talk about the blood of Jesus in this denomination? No. I was stunned. We've been in this church too long. We've got to get out into the world, find out what else is, everybody else is doing. But I couldn't believe it. To me, that's like the ABCs. The blood, the cross. I mean, these are things, the Holy Spirit. These are things that should, should have been... Already covered, but God, thank God, he's, they preached the blood in that church that day. I, that just shows me he's not given up on that entire denomination. But we're living in a time of war. And we've got to be ready to take up the full armor and go for it. Draw near to God. First. How many of you know it doesn't work if you resist the devil first? You go out on your own. The devil will say, I know who Paul, I know who Vaughn is and I know who they are, but who are you? You know what I'm talking about. You got to draw near to God, resist the devil, and he will do what? And he will flee. The will, the word will in the Greek probably means will, must, no choice. You don't have a, a word in the matter. Amen? You know what I'm talking about. Now, let me, I want, look over in Psalm 37. I want to just read through this psalm about the wicked. And then what I'm going to share won't take too long. I'll just go for it. But you guys are not in a big, big hurry, are you? I mean, we really need to hear what God has to say. Thus saith the Lord. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's what church is. You know, and I, I'm so glad we prayed for people first. That was pretty awesome. We don't need just the cookie-cutter version of church. We just need God. Now, now, church, there's a purpose in church. Church is the people. It's not about going. It's about being. You know, it's being the church. But if you are the church, you're going to hang around the gathering of believers. Because you're not to forsake, especially as you see the day approaching. You don't forsake the assembling together. And we know that we've covered that. And we know going to church is not some law. It's something that you should do. But every time you should hear something from God... If you don't hear a word from the Lord, you shouldn't go. And if you're not pressing in and penetrating heaven, heaven on the earth, I'm telling you, that prayer, God, let your kingdom come, your will be done, is going to be answered in our day. It's going to be answered. We're going to see the kingdom. The kingdom is here. And the will of God is going to be done. God's just looking for people that will cooperate. Say, I cooperate. Okay, look, we got to read this now, because people are asking, and maybe you're watching, what's going on in America? They seem to be stealing elections. They're getting away with it. What good is our prayer? What good? Okay, let's just read what the psalm says. Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of inequity, for they shall soon, say soon. How long is soon? Soon. I don't know. It's up to God. You know, I know God's loving kindness, tender mercies. It's His will that none should perish. You know, His everlasting love. But soon, 
will be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. So what are we to do about this in this day? Trust. Say trust. We trust in man, in whoever wins the election. No, trust in the Lord. So what do you do to trust? Well, you're, you not only trust, you just keep doing good and do good. Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. We just keep going about. I had another dream. I don't like to necessarily share two dreams at the same time, but they happen in the same week. And so, you know, if God gives it to me, I'm going I'm to share. But in the dream, something had happened, and it was like red alert, state of emergency. And I got my gun, and I went off a running. Now, I don't necessarily think my gun represented my little shotgun, because that ain't going to do anything. You know, when I was a kid, I had a BB gun. You know, I don't know, my little weapon. But as I was going to whatever was going on, I kept hearing the word. Keep preaching the word. Keep preaching the word. Keep preaching the word. So that's pretty good. Maybe the, the, you know, the sword was a weapon in that hour. Maybe the, you know, in this hour, it's the gun. You know, maybe that's what God's saying. Preach the word. You know, your word. It's like, you know, fire the word. Keep firing the word. Now, the rest of that I'll tell you at another time because I don't know if it fits and I'm still asking God what it all means. But I do know that was important. Keep preaching the word. Keep doing good. It doesn't matter what happens. We're still going to be a people of God that love God and that are called to the world that's dying and going to hell without Him. People are sick and dying. We have the answer. Jesus, you know, I never heard Him call that a medicine man before, but that's pretty cool. He is a medicine man. He's got the antidote. He's got the, he is the medicine. He is what we need. He's what we need. Okay, we better get back here. So I can get to the other part. And if I don't get there, we'll do it another time. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Now, we're not of the world, but we're in it, right? So you're going to have to just make up your mind. You know, we're going to have to get used to all this stuff that we don't like going on around us. God's not asking if you like it or not. He's just said, dwell in the midst of it and let your light so shine. You're the salt of the earth. You know, we don't have a choice. If we're not the salt of the earth and the light of the world, you know what's going to happen. If the salt loses its flavor, what happens? They're good for nothing but to be trampled underfoot by men. Those men are marching right now. They're getting ready to trample underfoot all that are not really the salt of the earth. Does that make sense? That's why Jesus said that. That's why we must be the salt of the earth. We don't, this is not a time to run and hide. A lot of people came to Moravian Falls to run and hide. Hide in the hills. Listen, where are you going to hide? Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters? It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. They're not going to do it. They're not going to show up. We are the Ghostbusters. We are. That's who we are. We, we, got, we don't have something on our back. We got it in our heart. By the word of the Lord, yes, our, we got the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. We've been called to wreak havoc with hell. Do you know that, don't you? We're not compromising with demons. There's a lot of compromise. I hear these politicians. Why don't you just sit down and compromise? Have you noticed the devil doesn't want to compromise? 
He's not going to compromise with you. It's not what he's looking. He's looking to kill you. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his plan. We've, Jesus came to give life and to have it, give it more abundantly. And we're representatives. We're ambassadors. Anyway, so he goes on, dwell in the land, and feed on his faithfulness. You remember that song we used to sing? Josh, before your time, but you still probably know it, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. I used to love that. I still love that song because it touches something in my heart. If you've known the faithfulness of God, when you hear that song, you, you can't help. You, you know, you just, you just, you know what I mean. You know the faithfulness of God. Have you ever known a time when he hadn't been faithful? Now, some of you are hanging in the balance thinking, well, I'm going through something right now. You know, I'm not exactly sure how this is going to work out. I promise you God's going to show himself faithful to you. Great is his faithfulness. You wait till it's all said and done. Your testimony when you get there will not be, God, you were not faithful in this. You're going to say, God, you were faithful in this and that and this and that and things I didn't even know were this and that. Delight yourself. Delight. Enjoy. Enjoy. If you can't enjoy what's going on around you, enjoy the Lord who is within you. Because, you know, I get a little frustrated, just to be honest with you. I hear about people stealing votes and things like that. I think, God, go fix it. Crush them, God. Get them, God. Expose it, God. And, you know, we ought to pray those kind of things. Expose the hidden works of darkness. But, you know, it's not, and this is what you learn from Rodney's book. The people that are just on the surface that we see, they're not the ones calling the shots. They're just puppets. Do you know, <laughs> Ephesians talks about how the prince of the power of the air who now works in the sons of disobedience. And so the prince of the power of the air is working in, and they have a hierarchy. You read that book, you'll see it's a hierarchy that's going way deep. And there's stuff going on, it's been going on, should have never gone on. But God allowed it, I don't know, and all the purposes of God. God's going to have to fix all this. How many of you know He will? He is, He's on the throne. But we have to be who we're called to be. We can't just say, God, let God fix it all. You are the fix. You and I, we are to arise and shine. Our light has come in the darkness. And the glory of the Lord's risen upon us. Okay, delight yourself in the Lord and He shall give you the desires of your heart. And I've heard that often translated. If you delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires that you should have in your heart and then give you the desires that you have in your heart. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Now, that's being God, isn't it? God, God gives you things that you desire. You think it's your idea. No, it's God's desire planted in you. It's what he wants to do. It's been written. Our days are written. You know, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God planned beforehand. So there's the books that have been written with our name on it. And then, so we have this desire, and then he gives us the desire when we delight in him. And then it says, it goes on, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him. Now that word commit means roll it off onto Him. Whatever it is you're going through, roll it onto Him. Just shrug it off. God, I give it to you. Do you know that's what humility is? 
The Bible says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. That is true humility. The proud person takes his burdens with him wherever he goes. And he spreads it around, dumping on everybody he sees. But the humble person casts his burdens upon the Lord and he leaves them there. And he trusts in the Lord to take care of it. He didn't have to carry it out the door. He trusts in God to direct and lead and guide him. Trust, commit your way, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Verse 7, rest in the Lord. Say rest. 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 There is a rest that remains for the people of God. Do you know when we're going to learn what real rest is? When everything is is anything but at rest around us. Does that make sense? You know, peace is not the absence of conflict. It's stability, it's peace, it's hope in the midst of the battles. You can't be talked out of it. God's given me something that enabled me to go through this. You know, some people want to get out of everything. You can't get out of God's, you know, way that He's making and molding and chiseling and the fire. You especially can't get out of the fire if you're going to be a part of His bride. He's coming for a bride with that spot and blemish. The bride, it'll either burn you up or make you what you've been called to be. It's just the way it goes. I can see right now that other part I'm going to save for next week. I'm just going to stay in Psalm 37. So you have to come back next week. Now, you guys are out of town. Just turn on the tube. Although it's not a tube anymore now. It's just a button. It's not even a button. Now, what is it? You just press the button. You just press the button. You know, sometimes what we need to do is just as simple as that. Just press the button. We get frustrated. Just press the button. It's like, like, I remember, you know, I think I shared this before. We were in D.C. a year and a half or so ago. And, you know, you get around by the trains. and There are a lot of trains. We didn't know which one to get on. There were, I don't know, I said, Shirley, just get on a train. It doesn't matter. The train will take us somewhere. Just get on one. We'll figure out where we get to. Then we'll, we'll know where we are. We'll figure out where we are and how to get to where we need to go. But just jump on one. Just push the button. That's a word for somebody. You're trying to figure out all the details. Just push the button. Just get on with it. Trust God. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Now, how many of you, be honest, you really don't like that word, patient? Be honest. Because you know what comes with patience. You know, blessed are you in various trials. You know, that the testing of your faith, which is, you know, more precious than... And all that, you remember. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Are there any wicked schemes going on right now? Wicked, wicked, wicked. I'm telling you, I can't even figure out the right word. They're wicked. I tell God. God says, don't you think I know? Look in the book. This is what you need to know. You need to know what I think about all this. Not just what you think. Look in verse 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. How many of you know the wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God? I can get angry, spitting mad. It ain't going to change a thing. 
It's standing on God's Word, being God's Son, waiting, patiently, trusting, doing what He's called me to do, cease from anger. Do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be what? Cut off. You know what that really means? Destroyed. You see why we got to go after, right now, the millennial generation. we got to go after the most wicked of the wicked. There's coming a day that God's going to settle the score. And there will be an answer. In fact, he goes on, for evildoers should be caught off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Say inherit. We have an inheritance. An inheritance. God is keeping our inheritance. He's chosen our inheritance for us. You wonder, are you on the right way? Yes, you are. If you're following Him as your way, you have an inheritance awaiting you. And it's on the earth and in heaven. There's an inheritance here. Now, here's verse 10. For yet a little while. How long is a little while? Same thing that means soon. For yet a little while and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you're going to look carefully for his place. But it shall not be no more. It shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth. And shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. I like that right there. Listen, we're not called to the, to the warfare that some are called to. The political warfares. Now, now, we're a spiritual warfare. We pray into the political realm. You know, these people that say you shouldn't speak into the political realm, they don't know the Bible. Listen, the kingdom of God is not going to separate itself from the political realms and the governments. The government of God is what's on the increase in the earth. We should speak into every area of society, thus saith the Lord. We should be the ones that are the salt and the light in every realm. Politically too. Somebody reminded me this week, they think I'm too political. I don't want to be too political, but I'm not going to avoid that realm. Because of the increase of his political government. It's not political, but his government. There shall be no end. And of the increase of his peace. And that's what we know. There's going to be peace, the abundance of peace. Now verse 12. The wicked plots against the just. And they gnash at him with his teeth. How many of you see any of that going on? They gnash the anger. Have you seen? I've heard stories of people that, just, I mean, they're just talking a little. If they just, you wear a Make, a, make America Great hat in some crowds, you'd be lucky to get out of that place alive. They gnash. It's, it's all in the Bible. All we had to do is open the book and gnash at him with their teeth. But how's the Lord? Now, here's the Lord wringing his hands. Oh, look what he's doing. The Lord laughs at him. Now, if the Lord laughs, we ought to laugh. Although, if they want to kill you and you start laughing, that might turn up the heat a little bit. You know, we need to know when to laugh. We need to know when to run. I'm just being honest. It's what you do need to know. You know, it, it's like you just need to know when. I had there was a bully when I was growing up. His name was. It's okay. His name was Walt. His name was Walter. I won't tell you his last name. He was a bully. And every uh, afternoon after school, I'd go to the gym, the Y, and I would play basketball. I played basketball every day growing up, rain or shine. I'd play basketball. 
But then Walter started showing up at the Y. And I started hiding in the dressing room. Can you believe that? Chicken me. He, Walter would walk in and I'd go hide out and hang around, you know, in the, in the locker room. Well, one day I got tired of it. I ain't hanging out in this stupid locker room any longer. I'm going to play basketball, Walter or no Walter. In fact, I didn't have a choice because Walter came in the locker room. And, and I, just, I just went out, I'm telling you, all 112 pounds, whatever it was, I tore into Walter. Man, I tore into him. I tore into him. He tore into me. I tore into him. He, he tore into me. But I'm telling you, he didn't tear into me anymore after that. I was a little guy, but I don't know that he ever went back to the Y when I was there. I don't know what that means. But anyway, the wicked, look at this. The Lord laughs, and he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword. They bent their bow to cast down the poor and the needy, to slay those who are of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. Now, that's one of those prayers that you can pray. You know, you don't have to be specific on the names. Just pray that. Unless God tells you. And then verse 16. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken. But the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright. And their inheritance shall be forever. Forever. So if they take away our position, our inheritance, which is far greater, shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. The word ashamed means to be pale, to be disappointed or delayed. You ever seen anybody there? They just look sheepish. They look pale. You know, the Bible says those that wait on Him, the inheritance, those whom God upholds. They're not going to be pale. They're not going to be disappointed. They're not going to be delayed. God's going to be faithful in the appointed time. There's some things that are for an appointed time. Wait for it. Wait for it. For it shall surely speak. It will not forever tarry. And then he says, well, where am I? Verse 19. They shall not be ashamed in evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. Did you see that? You remember the uh, scripture that goes with that? I've, I've looked and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. How many of you think that's true? Is it true? Hey, we can go to the bank on that. God is faithful. God is faithful. He's going to prove himself faithful to a remnant in America like they have never known. In one way, we're going to be the envy of the world again. And that is God's going to show himself faithful to a remnant who hung on to him and believed him no matter what happened. I really, I didn't think, I, I, I believe that's God. Verse 20, but the wicked shall perish. The wicked shall perish. And the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish. Say vanish. Into smoke, they shall vanish away. The wicked borrow and they do not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by him 
blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those who are cursed by him shall be cut off. Now that just, to me, there's two groups. The blessed and the what? And the cursed. That's why Jesus became a curse. We're under a curse until we go to the cross where Jesus became a curse for us. You know, everyone cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. The only antidote is the cross. Men have to run to the cross to find hope. And there's hope in Him. But the wicked shall perish. And the enemies of the Lord, they shall vanish away. The wicked, or we read verse 22, verse 23. Now this is one of the great scriptures. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And He delights in His way. Though He fall, what's going to happen? He shall not be... Cast down, utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. There's another scripture that says the righteous, they stumble and they fall seven times, but they rise again. In that song that was given to Anna and that you wrote, something, I believe it was that one or one of them, about how God loves us even when we mess up. I don't know how you put it. But even when you, you what, how'd you put it? Even when we misbehave. Now, that's not an excuse to misbehave. Not cheap grace. Not cheap grace. There's grace to behave. But even if we sin, there's an advocate. There's grace we can run to. How many of you are so glad that if you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness? I'm so thankful. That is one of the big verses in Scripture. I prayed that verse many, many, how many of you have? Many, many, many times. And I'm thankful. There's nothing good in any man. It's only good is him and what he puts and we allow him to work through us. But even when we fall, we'll not be cast down for the Lord opposes him. I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the right, well, there it is right there, the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. He's ever merciful and lends and his descendants are blessed. Say, my descendants are blessed. Do you know when we choose to follow the Lord and make his, Him our way and our refuge and our strength and our God and our King, that even our descendants are going to benefit from our choices to follow the Lord. The, even the Word, the Word of the Lord, which is in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth nor the mouth of your descendants, nor the mouth of your descendants' descendants. From this time forth and forever, saith the Lord. Man, there's promises about, you know, we hear about the, you know, sins of the third and fourth. What about the righteousness that is passed down? I just read again about your grandmother Lois. Remember that scripture, how the faith was in you. Now I see it in you. I'm telling you, your faith that you walk in, the decisions you make right now, there's going to be a harvest even when you're long gone, there's going to be a harvest because of your choices to follow the king. There's something that happens. God remembers. The harvest is way beyond our little limited understanding. It's the reaping, the bringing forth of all the things that have been sown, both good and evil. And we'll see a harvest of evil. We're going to see a harvest of good, of righteousness, of men and women that trusted in God and they prayed. And their great-great-grandchildren, should the Lord tarry, are going to be benefactors of that. Does that make sense? It sure does to me. Okay. Depart from evil, verse 27, and do good, dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves justice. The Lord loves justice. So 
sometimes when you see things that are unjust, like the stealing of votes and stuff, and you something revs up within you and you want justice, guess what? God does too. And He loves justice. He's going to have His way and does not forsake the saint. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall, there it is again, shall inherit the land and dwell in it forevermore. You guys, we have a big inheritance. You know that, don't you? This thing is a whole lot bigger than meets the eye. And so we want to keep laying up treasures in heaven. But there's an inheritance on the earth. If these scriptures are true, and I'm, I believe, let God be true. And every man a liar. Verse 30, the mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom and his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart. That's why you, your tongue, that's why you speak out for justice. The law of God's in your heart. But and none of his steps shall slide. What does that word slide mean? Someone, what does it mean? Do you see? Slip, okay, slip and slide. Same thing. You're going to be able to stand in this hour when everybody else, you know, now, that's a good promise in the midst of the shaking that you're not going to slip and slide. Everybody else will be slipping, trying to find their way. You'll have a solid, firm foundation because we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. How good is that? Everything's shaking around us but the kingdom that we're standing on, that Christ is king. Oh, man, this is good stuff. I'm going to finish this. I'm not going to go to that other part, but one of the, another thing that fits with the day that we should understand is so, I mean, we should understand the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. What's new? The whole world system, but not the world. The earth is the Lord's. And the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God and of His Christ. So the system of this world, ruled by the Antichrist, of which He has many, many servants in this hour, doing the bidding of their father, the devil. That's what Jesus said. You always do the will of your father, the devil. Those who know me, they do my will. Because I've come to do. It's written in my heart, I delight to do your will, O God. You're going to do the will of your God, you know that. One or the other, either yourself, and if yourself is God, then Satan is ultimately your God. But anyway, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Keep that in mind when you watch the news and then turn it off and remind yourself, well, that's the world system that's coming to an end. The earth belongs to God. God so loved the world. That's why I'm still here. That's why you're here. God so loved this world that He sent His only Son. And so He sent us to be His sons in this hour to declare salvation. But it's all going to come eventually to an end. The mouth of the wisdom, uh, the righteous speak. Wisdom, let's see, where am I? Verse 32, the wicked watches the righteous and he seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand. Now that's pretty good, isn't it? You, that means when the enemy surrounds you and he thinks he's got you, guess what? This is how you fight your battles. This is how I fight my battles, you know. You worship the king. Listen, you know what he said. Listen, the enemy is a defeated foe. We have to stand on the word. It's all written in the word. And then 
Verse 34, wait on the Lord. Now that word sometimes can be a little testy. To wait. Wait. Why do I have to wait? Why do we have to wait? God, why do we have to wait now in America? Well, I already told you. If I, I have to leave some giants in the land to test you. And so that you'll be trained for war. So that you are overcomers. He's coming for the overcomers. You know, that's revelation. To them that overcome, not to those who were overcome. God's ways are higher than ours, but God's ways are the good ways. It's His way. Wait on the Lord. Keep His way. And He shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. Verse 34, you shall see it. I've seen the wicked in great power. And that's what they're after. Power. You read that book by Rodney Howard Brown, you'll see. that You know that scripture that says the love of money is the root of all evil? And I know their interpretation is the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. When you read that book, you'll agree with the first translation. The love of money is the root of all evil. These people are evil. Servants of the devil. God's going to have his justice. You know, I just, I remember hearing a message years ago about all those that died that were wicked. And some of them, you know, they're buried underneath the sea. And one day when the trumpet sounds, and there's going to be the resurrection of the just and the unjust. The unjust are going to stand before God. They're going to give an account. There's some people, they're going to face the judgment now, but others, their judgment will follow. Not everybody... It's going to happen in this life. You know what I'm talking about. And they'll have to perish. It would be better if they're faced with judgment in this life. That's why it says, you know, judge yourselves lest you be judged. Now, that's a word to the church. But it's better if God breaks us in this life so we can turn to Him in brokenness and be healed. Then be hardened and resistant and then go to the next life to only be crushed. And to spend eternity apart from Him. We need God to touch our nation. I've seen the wicked great in power and spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away. And behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. Do you know there's going to be a day you're going to look for the wicked? And you're going to keep looking for them. They're going to preach down in the... Fort Mills, you guys need to go preach. You feel free. We bless Vaughn and Cheyenne. But you know, you're going to look for the wicked. You go, so anybody seen the wicked? Do you know where the wicked went? I know where they went. Yet he passed away, verse 36, and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is what? Peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength. Say, He's my strength. In the time of trouble. Do you see that? What an amazing psalm. He is our strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help. And deliver them. He shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Why? 
because they were such hot stuff. No, they put their trust in God. That's an amazing psalm. And I, I believe it speaks to the times. You know, we just need to be reminded God loves the wicked. We have a little time to go after them. Not to try to change their mind first. Change their heart. If we change the heart, God will change their mind. I'm telling you, He has a way. How many of you know He doesn't? Now, we do have to repent. That does mean change of mind, too. But that begins with the law saying, hey, this is my way. It's not working. God, I believe you are the way. You sent your son. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. I change my mind toward you. I repent and I turn to place you and rule and reign and at the helm of my life. So that's where it begins. But amen. Let's just stand. I know we had a time of ministry, but I want to pray for an impartation. Are we going to have prophetic ministry this morning? Okay, over on the side, first-time visitors. And we'll pray around the altar, but I want to pray for an impartation of what this psalm talks about. Peace, strength, conviction. I'm telling you, there's so much that God wants to give us. You didn't choose this hour in which to be born. Now, your mom and dad had a lot to do with it. But way before your mom and dad, you were thought about from the foundation of the world. God knew. He numbered your days. He knew your name before your mom and dad even thought about this thing. God had you planned for this hour. And you know, He really is raising up an army. It's an army. First, a devoted army that's devoted to Jesus. It has to begin there, devoted to Him. And then, devoted to His cause. Because He said, Thy kingdom come within, Thy will be done. And so God let the will of God be done. Now, I don't know what kind of an anointing. He, I, it's something to do with that. But I want to pray that God will release that this morning. Okay? Is that good? So just get, get into a receiving mode. And thank you, Lord. Spirit of the living God. Fall fresh in this place. Holy Spirit. Lamb of God. Jesus, King of all kings. Resurrected one. Name above all names. Holy, holy God. We turn our attention to you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Come, Spirit of God. Touch people right now, Lord. God, there are big needs. Unless you come, those needs will be unmet. And yet, God, I thank you that you're faithful. That nothing is impossible with our God. And we come to lift up our eyes to the hills from where our help comes from. The maker of the heavens and the earth. And God, we thank you that you've given us responsibility in the world. But God, we are just in this thing passing through. We're not of the world. We're of a different king, a different kingdom. And I thank you, God, for everyone in this room and that's watching right now. God, I ask you to remind them that their days were numbered, that you knew their name long before they were thought of from their parents. 
You fashioned their days. And you fashioned them for days like this day. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus, that Lord, the peace of God that passes understanding would flood the hearts of your people in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of all the, that we see and hear. We thank you there's a rock that's higher than I. We thank you, God, there's strength, there's hope, there's joy, unspeakable and full of glory. We thank you, God, that we're above and we're not beneath. That we're the head, we're not the tail. We thank you that we have an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away. We thank you, Lord, that it's the righteous that shall inherit the earth. And we thank you that our righteousness is not in our own works. It's in the finished work of Calvary. It's in the shed blood of Jesus. And we thank you, God. I pray that you would embrace everyone in this room. Put your arms around them and let them know the love of the Father. That they're not alone. That the righteous, Lord, you're not going to forsake the righteous. We've never seen the righteous forsaken. And God, I pray that you would encourage and you would fill afresh with a passion to do the will of the Father. Lord, I right now, I, I believe it's written in our hearts as it was the Son of God because He lives in us. Behold, it is written in the volume of the book, which is our heart, I delight to do Your will. And I plant that firmly in the hearts of Your people. In the name of Jesus. Now, I just saw the Lord. He came and like put a big stamp. Now, it's been there, but the Lord just brought it back. He just, it's like He put a stamp I delight to do thy will. It's written in my heart, in the volume of the book. Thank you, Lord.